Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Imagine, if you will, with me, if liberal groups discovered that President Trump's Internal Revenue Service was targeting them for heightened scrutiny or maybe harassment. The media and Democrats would just simply decry this as an an assault on the First Amendment and declare the U.S. on the brink of anarchy, right? Well, the scandal would dominate the midterms, I'm sure, and the legitimacy of the election would be called into question. Well, strangely enough, the IRS did target organs of the opposition party during Barack Obama's administration, but the episode has largely faded from public memory without any resolution whatsoever. And as written about in the Wall Street Journal, May 10th marks the eighth anniversary of the revelation that President Obama's IRS targeted conservative groups for more than two years prior to the 2012 presidential election. While some of the faces at the IRS have changed, the law that enabled their misuse of power has not. And Congress, Congress's failure to address the problem leaves the U.S. democratic process vulnerable to further abuses. Now, there was a real piece of work. <laughs> if you remember, Lois Lerner, she was the career official at the center of the IRS scandal, and she retired on full pension and with no disciplinary action after she invoked her Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination before Congress. John Kosinskin, uh, appointed IRS commissioner by Mr. Obama to lead the agency in, quote, difficult times, as he put it, served his full term, spending better the better part of four years stonewalling congressional requests for information. So his, base, his basic job <laughs> put into place by, by, obviously, President Barack Obama was to stonewall and to, and to put up as many roadblocks in the way of Congress investigating this scandal as he could. And on his watch, the IRS destroyed evidence subject to subpoena. They literally went that far. The response from the political system showed early promise, but quickly fizzled. Here is Obama initially expressing shock. Take a listen. What I'm absolutely certain of is is that uh, the actions that were described in that IG report uh, are unacceptable. So in addition to making sure that we've got a new acting director there, uh, we're also going to make sure that we gather up the facts and hold accountable and responsible anybody uh, who was involved in this. We're going to make sure that we uh, identify any structural or management issues to prevent something like this from happening again. Uh, We're going to make sure that we are accepting all of the recommendations that the IG has in the report. And I'm looking forward to working with Congress uh, to uh, fully investigate what happened, make sure that it doesn't happen again, 
uh, and also uh, uh, look at some of the laws that uh, create a bunch of ambiguity in which the IRS may uh, not have enough guidance and not be clear about what exactly they need to be doing and doing it right so that the American people have confidence uh, that, uh, that the tax laws are being applied fairly and evenly. Mr. Obama later abandoned any pretext of interest at all, suggesting it was a, as he put it, phony scandal, believe it or not. And why not? I mean, a, a 2012 American uh, Enterprise Institute study found that the Tea Party organizations subsequently increased conservative turnout in the 2010 midterms. I mean, they, the, the, the Tea Party was very successful at turning out conservatives and Republicans to to the vote. And and it, it definitely made a huge difference in the 2010 midterms. Well, the agency's suppression of those groups in the following years might have given Mr. Obama's re-election a boost. And I, I firmly believe it did. Democratic uh, officials deserve much of the blame for the IRS's improper and likely illegal harassment. The president warned against Tea Party groups in ominous terms. I mean, if you remember, he said all kinds of things, describing them as threats to the American democracy. Democratic senators repeatedly wrote to the IRS leadership to urge them to investigate conservative nonprofits. And of course they did. The IRS initial reaction to the scandal was to um, propose new regulations and, you know, institutionalizing the discriminatory practices as if the, the problem was merely that conservative organizations didn't know in advance that the IRS would single them out, right? The public outcry stopped those regulations in their tracks. And in budgets since 2015, Congress has prohibited the IRS from spending money on that rulemaking project. So basically nothing has happened as far as nothing has changed from when this first happened. With the congressional tweak and the retirement of Ms. Lerner, many conservatives seem to think that Washington has turned the page on the IRS abuse. Meanwhile, too many Democrats seem to think that this could never happen to them. Both are wrong. The IRS scandal was not the result of a few rogue IRS employees. It wasn't just, you know, this little pocket of, of IRS employees that just happened to go rogue. That's not, that wasn't the problem. The problem is that the IRS is involved in regulating political activity, which is something they should not be involved in. A group that engages in politics is not necessarily considered a political committee by the IRS. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> I mean, a group that engages in pol in politics is not necessarily considered by the IRS a political committee. Such well-known um, political actors uh, as the Sierra Club, the uh, National Association for the Advancement of, of uh, Liberal Colored People, or, or just simply colored people, and Planned Parenthood engage through affiliates you know, in substantial activity related to politics, including get out the vote drives and, and 
legislative uh, advocacy and even candidate ads. I mean, they will literally um, take a candidate that they like and they will run ads for that candidate. But because the IRS, you know, designates the affiliate groups as, quote, social welfare organizations, they are subject to a lot less um, stringent disclosure requirements. Now, the Tea Party groups that sprang up uh, in right around about 2009 sought to engage in these types of activities, but some Democrats obviously didn't like it, right? They They didn't like seeing this happen. And if the IRS denied these groups' status as a social welfare organization, well, they would be forced to either reorganize as a for-profit organization or as political committees subject to greater regulatory burdens. And that's how the IRS was able to to hassle conservative groups. Now, the easy fix here is there is one. The easy fix here would be for Congress to just simply to scrap the regulations on political activity by social welfare uh, organizations. Therefore, stripping the IRS of authority to decide which groups are political committees and which aren't. I mean, is that really their job to determine what is a political committee and what isn't? You know, in a democracy, political activity is part of social welfare. Such a, a change would not affect federal revenue as contributions to social welfare organizations are not tax deductible. And, and there would be no subsidizing political activity. The, the Federal Election Commission actually is a bipartisan agency, and they're staffed by experts created to oversee election-related activities. It, and they would be the proper authority to determine whether an organization should be subject to regulation under a campaign finance law. The IRS, an agency under control of the president with no bipartisan checks subject to congressional pressure and tasked with collecting revenue is not they are not the correct commission and organization to be determining these things so since nothing has changed since the obama irs scandal then you know one would think that this could happen all over again right Well, yes, you would be correct in thinking so. In this piece from the Daily Citizen, Zachary Mettler uh, wrote the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, has denied a Christian group tax-exempt status because, get this, quote, Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican Party. (laughs) This this just gets you, okay? They denied a Christian group tax-exempt status. Why? Because in their teachings, they teach on what is biblical and what's not. In their teachings, the Bible teachings are typically affiliated with Republican Party, with the Republican Party. And so they can't, if there's anything having to do with the Bible, well, you're not going to be tax-exempt then, right? The group... Christians Engaged, that's the group, Christians Engaged, is a nonprofit organization that exists, and this is this is how they describe themselves, that they, they exist to educate and empower Christians to pray for our nation and elect officials 
vote and be civically engaged. That's that that's their goal. That's their stated goal. Now, according to to their website, the the group encourages believers to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to engage our hearts in some form of political education or activism for the furtherance of our nation. Now, I went to their website, and I could not find a single place on it that encourages people to vote for Republican candidates, not a single one. In fact, the word Republican was never found anywhere that I could see on their entire website. In one section of their website, it was under the on-ramp for political activism. They state this, We are here to educate ordinary believers on the national issues that are central to our belief in the Bible as the inerrant word of God and how those issues should affect the way we pray, vote, and engage our culture. Our goal is to provide a place of connection and educational tools for Christians to engage in political activism the right way. Through our educational seminars, our programs in churches, our online classes, Bible studies, and our book club, we can cover topics like becoming a citizen lobbyist, working with elected officials and candidates, being light and salt in our nation, political parties and platforms, discerning between the lesser of two evils, keeping your soul right when working on politics, and practical steps and pitfalls in political activism. That's what they say on their website. And I would say this is super encouraging. I mean, this type of group is awesome. This is what we need more of. This kind of thing, I, I have said for years that, that Christians need to be more politically active, if, no, if for no other reason, just so that they know how to vote. And unfortunately, we don't see that, and we don't see this message coming out of many churches. But here's an organization that's saying, hey, this is our, this is our biblical responsibility to do this. And here, we're going to help. We're going to help you get educated. We're going to help you understand what politics is about and how you might have an effect on it. Now, Christians engage, um, Christian engaged applied for tax exempt status in the late 2019s. Yet the IRS denied its request May 18th of this year. So it has been two years since they applied for tax exempt status. And then finally, the IRS, now under Biden, obviously, said, nope, we're not going to give it to you. We're going to deny you that request. The IRS exempt organization's director, uh, Stephen A. Martin, who denied the application, said that the group engages, and get this, engages in prohibited political campaign intervention, unquote, and, quote, operates for a substantial non-exempt private purpose and for the private interests of the Republican Party, unquote. Okay, 
So, so his denial of this group is based on the fact that they might have some effect on the election. That that effect might even have an effect on one of the parties involved. So <laughs> that leads me to ask. So the Sierra Club, let's say, or how about the NAACP? Or how about Planned Parenthood? They're not engaged in political activity, but Christians engaged is? I mean, come on. This is a flat-out double standard, and it is the IRS being weaponized against those that, that are of the opposition party. In one of the strangest twists in the IRS denial letter to the Christians engaged, the agency seems to have censored specific words. Now, this is really interesting. And then provide, they provide a legend for it. So, for example, the letter states on the second page, this the denial letter to, the, to Christians engaged, on the second page, it, it states this, quote, you also educate believers on national issues that are central to their belief in the Bible as an inerrant M, M as in Mary, unquote. Now, an inerrant M? <laughs> what is an inerrant M? Well, according to the legend, if you go, go to the legend of this letter, they and they provided one on page one of this letter, the letter M is substituted for word of God. So, so, so they can't even say word of God. They can't. They, this is this is something that you you're not you're not supposed to talk about. It, it's it's kind of like this podcast. We talk about religion and we talk about politics. Two things you're not supposed to talk about. And this letter this letter follows that that same pattern. I mean. You also educate believers on national issues that are central to their belief in the Bible as the inerrant M, <laughs> Word of God. <laughs> Additionally, they're not done here, okay? <laughs> Additionally, the letter states on page four, the, this, is, this is in quotes, the Bible teaches teachings are typically affiliated with the D, as in dog, with the D party and candidates. So the Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the D party and candidates, unquote. What is the D party? I mean, is that the Democratic Party? No, if you go to the legend, the D party is a substitute for Republican. <laughs> so they can't say the word Republican. That's a nasty word. We don't want to say that out loud. <laughs> and so, so the D party is Republican. And we can't, we can't be having that. The Bible teaches, teachings are typical and they're typically affiliated with the D party and candidates. Man, what? So one of my favorite movies is the 2004 The Village 
directed by M. Night Shyamalan. In the movie, there is a color, the color's red, that they can't ever say or even talk about. It's the color that we don't speak of, they would say. <laughs> so they're, they're, this, this little village out in the middle of nowhere is... Yeah, it has this, this tradition or whatever. It's it's one of these things that's just passed down through the generations, and and it, and nobody can have the color red. Nobody can even say the word red. It is it is referred to as the color that we don't speak of. <laughs> so so if if that's the fact, th- this this letter feels like that. We, we don't talk about the word of God. <laughs> we don't talk about the Republican Party here at the IRS. These are words that we don't speak of. <laughs> the, the first liberty, uh, they, that's, they're the, the nation's largest legal organization dedicated to exclusively, really, to defending religious liberty. They sent the IRS an appeal letter on behalf of Christians engaged, and the the le- they, they said this, they said the letter is just bizarre, and I, I would totally agree with that. The First Liberty Council, uh, Leah Patterson, told the Daily Citizen that, uh, quote, beyond the tortured legal arguments, it seems the IRS could barely bring themselves to actually say the phrase, word of God, <laughs> instead of using a strange legend of letters that one really has to read to believe. Quote, at the end of the day, however, the IRS is simply wrong on the law and contradicts its own regulations by denying Christians engaged tax-exempt status, Patterson added. Now, the director, Martin, uh, wrongly uh, concludes that Christians engaged is an ineligible for tax-exempt status, First Liberty wrote in its appeal letter. Quote, According, accordingly, Christians engaged respectfully requests that the Office of Independent Appeals rescind the proposed denial letter and issue a favorable determination letter. Time will tell, of course, whether the IRS reverses course on, on the, and, and grants Christians engaged the tax-exempt status it seeks, or whether or not this battle will end up in, in the court system. But I, I wanted to leave you today with this. Here is Obama on why... This is so important. So this is this is the same um, speech that he was giving at at the White House when all that that scandal first came down with the IRS, and this is the same exact um, press um, presser that that he was speaking at. And listen to what he has to say here on why this kind of thing is so important. Uh, we've got uh, an agency that uh, has enormous potential power and uh, is involved in everybody's lives. And uh, that's part of the reason why uh, it's been treated as a quasi-independent institution. Uh, But that's also why we've got to make sure that it is doing its job scrupulously uh, and without even a hint uh, of bias uh, or a, a hint that Uh, somehow they're favoring one group over another. Uh, And as I said yesterday, uh, I'm outraged by this in part because 
Uh, look, I'm, I'm a public figure. The, uh, if, if a future administration uh, is starting to use the tax laws uh, to favor uh, uh, one party over another or, or one political view over another, obviously, we're all vulnerable. Uh, and that's why, as I've said, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, uh, you should be uh, equally outraged uh, at even the prospect uh, that the IRS might not be uh, acting with uh, the kind of uh, complete neutrality that we expect. I think we should heed President Obama's words here. Even if he didn't really mean it, <laughs> which he didn't, obviously, judging by his actions, it's still truth. We still need to understand what went on, what is going on, and correct things. Because the IRS is no place for this kind of thing. This is an organization that needs to have total transparency. And it needs to be bipartisan. And it needs to make sure that it is not used as a weapon against political adversaries. And this is what's happening. It's happening all over again. Who was Barack Obama's vice president? It was Biden. Who's president now? Biden. And he learned. And this is exactly what's happening all over again because nothing was done in between time. And you may agree and you may disagree. And I would definitely love to hear from you. You can always contact us. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our Instagram or you can just simply go to UncommonSensePodcast.com, and we would love to hear what you think on it. And again, thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications. 